1: Hi all and thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Open House. We're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all because we believe that you can truly experience life advancement without having to spend thousands of pounds on -on one-on-one therapy. We believe that happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. If you love this episode today, please do share on social media and tag us at Open House Life as well as tagging Dr. Tari and I now into the episode, and it's a juicy one. Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Open House Podcast with me, your host, Louise Rumble, and my incredible co-host, Dr. Terry Mack, who has been working on something very, very exciting recently. So as you all know, Open House have some incredible things in the pipeline to help bring the incredibly revolutionary and powerful benefits of therapy to those who can't access one-to-one support. And in the meantime, while Dr. Terry and I have been working on that, she has also been working on a program of her own. So Dr. Terry has created this incredible concept of single to engaged, which I'm going to hand over to her in a second to tell you a little bit more about. But today, after she has done that, we are going to be getting into why you guys are all dating wrong. So Dr. Terry is going to be giving us some of the tips and tricks that she has learned through decades of being a clinical psychologist and celebrity relationship expert. We are going to go into those three big mistakes. I'm sure I'm going to bring a bit of personal experience to the table because I've done dating wrong for a lot of my life. So over to you, Dr. Terry. I would love it if you could jump in with a little bit about Single to Engaged, where it came from, what people can expect to get from it, and then we can jump into the body of the episode.
0: Yes, thank you, Louise. Thanks for letting me talk about it today. So the title Single to Engaged actually came about because a couple years ago, I found myself saying to three different clients in the same week, listen, if you wanted to be engaged next year and in a healthy relationship, you could be, but you need to focus on the right things. And then I thought, wow, that needs to be a program. We're actually thinking about changing the name at some point because I think it's misleading for people. Some people feel like, oh, it's only for me if I'm ready to get engaged or if I want to get married. And really, it's to prepare people for healthy love and to teach them how to identify it and attract it and build it. So basically, this program is teaching people and giving people the information I wish I had in my 20s and 30s.
1: And you're so right about the cycling through relationships. Like I have done it as well. And I think that it wasn't until I went to therapy that I was able to see why I was cycling through relationships. And they weren't all awful. Some of them were great, but a lot of them were awful. And I just kind of felt like, oh, dating is unpredictable. You never really get to know anyone until you're in a relationship with them. And then it's like too late or, oh, we just had such good chemistry and we kind of built everything around that. And then when I went to therapy, It became so clear, like with the healthy love piece, that we are conditioned through the models of love we learn as children, that we then take into adulthood, we're unconsciously attracted to partners. And I know that's such a huge part of what you do. And I am also testament to the fact that even though I haven't done this program, I have learned so much from you that I have no doubt that you've been a huge contributor to this incredible relationship that I've found and that I've nurtured and that I've now found myself in. So yeah, to anyone listening, I also don't want you to think that I just got lucky and found this man and this incredible relationship. To anyone listening, I spent four years in an abusive relationship. I spent two years with someone that was so unsuitable and I spent a year with someone that went to prison. So I really am testament to the fact that the second that I invested my money into therapy and took control of my narrative, that was when everything changed. And I know that people say, Oh, therapy is so expensive. I don't need it. Like I don't have anything to really complain about. Like I'm fine. That's actually not true because you are just repeating the same cycles and you do need an expert to help you break them down. Really, when you look at how much self-awareness and deconditioning you're going to gain from the price, I think that it's a very smart and sensible investment. So yeah, definitely encourage you guys to jump in and and change your life because it certainly has changed mine. And today we're going to Go over three of the biggest mistakes that she sees when everyone is dating because we talk about it all the time. You guys are dating wrong. The world is dating wrong. We do not even know how to date right, how to date smart, how to date consciously. So we are just going through life through swimming through a pool of jello, kind of hoping that we're finding like people to grab onto. So. Yeah. Dr. Terry, over to you with decades of clinical experience. What are you seeing as the first mistake that everyone is getting wrong when they're dating? Well, what I see is people just
0: cycling through people. This is what we all do. We meet someone, we jump in, we choose based on attraction and chemistry. We think, oh, this is amazing. We dive right in. It doesn't work out. Three months later or three weeks later, we realize Something happens and then we move on to someone else. And this is what everybody does. The first mistake is because we're choosing people based on chemistry, attraction, and focusing so much on the external. And we're just cycling through people. This cycle of disappointment keeps repeating because we keep doing what we know how to do. We keep choosing the same type of people. We keep showing up in the same way based on the roles we had in childhood, based on the communication style, the conflict style. We keep getting triggered by the same things and responding in the same way or reacting in the same way. And we have no awareness of that. This cycle of disappointment keeps repeating because we keep doing what we know how to do. And the truth is, and one of the things that I that I show you in single to engage is that there are actually 12 things that qualify someone to be able to be a good partner to you and to be able to build a healthy relationship with you. And we're never taught these things. We're never taught these qualifiers. I will give you one of an example of that. One is consistency, consistency and effort and communication. You know, so many of us have met someone and we have that huge spark and we're attracted and we have a couple great dates. And then that person becomes very inconsistent. They don't text us as often. They don't make us a priority and we're already hooked in. We already see a future with this person. So we start working harder to remind them, hey, I'm here. I'm worthy. I'm attractive. I'm desirable. When in reality, if somebody is showing that inconsistency at any point, you need to get out because that person disqualifies themselves as being a healthy partner to you. So the first mistake that I see people making is they don't even know what to look for. They're choosing based on the most unreliable predictors of relationship health and success, which is attraction, chemistry, and emotion, <laughs> instead of these you know 12 things that people really need to be looking for and focusing on.
1: You are so right about that. And I think it's something we've spoken about before, which is that so many people in today's society, me included, before I started doing the work, are just sort of overwhelmed by those butterflies and the chemistry and the feeling like, oh my God, this is it. You know, I want to jump them. I want to kiss them. I want to be with them. I have to be with them. I have to be with this person. And what I've learned through doing the work is You're right. There are so many more things that are important. And when we focus on the chemistry, we overlook the key factors that are important because you ignore the fact that someone is inconsistent because they turn you on or you think they're sexy. You ignore the foundational pieces. Of a relationship. And I would actually go as far as to say that I now think that inconsistency is incredibly unsexy. And I know that years ago you said, like, yeah, I know, like you will get to a point where inconsistency is unattractive. And I genuinely feel now like if you are inconsistent as a man, as a human being, I am not interested in any way, shape or form because it shows that you're emotionally immature and it shows that you do not have your shit together and it shows that you are not ready to invest in a healthy, happy, conscious relationship. So I don't care if the sex is mind-blowing, because that's all it will ever be. And right now, at this point in my life, I don't want to be in a ship. I don't want to just be having sex with someone. So I absolutely love what you've said there about working out what it is that is the factors of a healthy and sort of successful partnership versus focusing on the super, super short-term like butterfly effect. And that's definitely sign that I've experienced myself. So yeah, I'd love to know if you've got any kind of final thoughts on the first mistake.
0: Yeah, I think what you're describing is what most people do, right? And what a lot of people don't understand is they see that, let's take the inconsistency as an example. They see that and they think it's going to change. They think they can change it. And for some of us who learned certain templates of love and childhood, like an interact a transactional style of love, like we have to work for it, we have to earn it, that inconsistency will activate us to jump in and work harder. And that is never going to work. When these disqualifiers show up, they do not change. And so I remember you talking about the guy that you're dating now versus this other guy that you had met at the same time. And you let this other guy go because he was inconsistent. And that to me was like, oh my God, you've totally turned a corner. You're in a different space. Instead of jumping in and working to get this other guy's attention, you chose the guy who was present and available. And he's amazing. And it, that's what happens. It's like once we learn these qualifiers and we choose people based on those, we don't go backwards. We're out of that cycle of trying to win approval or chase love. So it's That's just what happens. And I'm glad that it happened for you.
1: Yeah. And I think just for everyone listening, that did happen for me. And it was a very conscious choice. Like I have two people here and I have to make a choice like right now in this moment, And the reason that I was able to make the choice to go for the better of the two men, the better suited to me of the two men, just generally the better caliber of man in that situation was because I had gone to therapy. And I can be very open with the fact and would even say to my boyfriend now that if I hadn't gone to therapy, I am sure that I would have gone with the other guy. It would have been just like every other situation that I've been through. It would have been a turbulent, inconsistent, shallow passion-filled relationship. Whereas right now in my life, I don't want those things. I want the passion-filled, consistent, stable partnership. So yeah, I could not agree more. And I would not have been able to make that decision if I hadn't have learned from someone like you and my other therapist that there were drivers behind the decisions I was making. And I actually think that that is one of the most valuable things that people will get from the Single to Engage program is the self-awareness around why they are the way they are and how that drives them into adulthood today. So yeah, to wrap up point one, I think that making that constant mistake around the types of men and women that you choose is something that you can avoid when you understand why you are doing it. So I guess that brings us to mistake two, which is over to you. Yeah, well, you
0: actually started to touch on it, which is, again, people are so focused on their external appearance, and they believe if I look right, if I act right, all I have to do is meet the right person, and then I'm going to have my relationship, but so many people are dating without self-awareness. When I say self-awareness, I mean things like, what. Communication style. Did you learn? What is your conflict style? What templates of love did you learn growing up? What role did you play in your family that you're still playing in your relationships? What things continue to trigger you in your relationships? What are your wounds from childhood? All of these things impact who you choose and how you show up in your relationships. And listen, if we're dating without that self awareness, we could be the reason that our relationships aren't working. And we also are going to resonate and attract people at the same level of emotional health as we're at. And the truth is that a relationship can only be as healthy as its unhealthiest member. So you want to make sure, just like I'm saying there are these 12 qualifiers that you need to look for in other people. You need to have all those qualifiers as well. You need to come into full alignment so that you are healthy and aware and conscious and deliberate in your actions. And that's the piece that so many people are missing. And I got to the point, as a psychologist, people would come in and tell me about relationships that they were in, either starting or they'd been in for years. And I knew within five minutes of hearing about a relationship, whether it was going to work or not. So for instance, Louise, like everything that I've heard about your relationship, I don't know everything about it, but I feel very, very confident about your relationship based on the things that you've told me about how you've communicated, how you've managed conflict together. There are certain signs that relationships and people give off, right? And I can tell right away whether a relationship is healthy or not. And you're part of that equation. How do you respond when you're scared, when you feel like the other person's pulling away, when you get close to somebody? What does your unconscious lead you to choose? These are all things that if you don't know, you're basically like dating with a blindfold on. And so this self-awareness piece is crucial.
1: And so many people are dating without it. If you don't have the qualifiers too, that you can be your own red flag. So we're out here talking about all the red flags that the dudes and the girls that we're dating have. But the truth is, is how often do you ever look at yourself and say, Hey, hold on a second. Do I have these red flags? Am I this red flag as well? Like we so focus outwards when we haven't cultivated a level of self awareness within us. And that was another thing going to therapy has taught me is that I was part of this red flag as well. Like, how do you think I ended up in an abusive relationship? And we are not victim blaming. We are never victim blaming. It is never your fault that you ended up with a manipulative person. When we are delivering this, we're delivering it with the utmost of compassion. But what I am saying is that when I had that self-awareness, when I cultivated it, I was able to see like, okay, yeah, he was a really shit person, but I actually attracted chose, engaged, stayed, forgived his behavior rather than getting up and leaving the first time that he was highly abusive or even just slightly disrespected me. That's the first thing is that that was a big red flag of mine is that I wouldn't leave when I saw his red flag. So that makes me the red flag too. The second red flag that I had was the way that I would deal with conflict. I used to be super hot-headed. I would have a really bad temper. I always have done I would like suppress and suppress and suppress and then I would like explode and my reactions were really extreme like I have an anxious attachment so if someone was abandoning me I would get super hectic and be like oh my god just just really not regulated at all. And so I started to realize, okay, I can't be in a healthy relationship that has healthy communication if I bring my 50% of the communication to the table full of fire and gasoline every time we need to talk about something uncomfortable. And... Honestly, this is ridiculous. But now when I have any conflict with my partner, we actually laugh like when it's done because we genuinely are like, or I laugh at least. I think he does as well because we're like, that is so weird that conflict can be like that. Where you can just say this didn't make me feel good. And when you did that, it made me feel like that because it triggered this in me. Honestly, sometimes I'm like waiting for the explosion to happen. And even at the most hectic that the conversation ever gets, one of us just says, I don't like where this is going. And I feel like I'm going to say something that I regret. So I'm just going to take a step back from this and I'll call you back in specific timeframes. So yeah, I was a red flag in the way I communicated. My current boyfriend also was a red flag in the way he communicated. Like I would go all in, but he initially would like, be quite suppressed and like disconnected. As soon as he realized that wasn't how you should communicate in a healthy relationship, he also worked on that. So yeah, I have been the red flag so many times in my relationship. And I now genuinely feel like, you know, I have my limitations, but I am like a walking green flag. And after two decades of being a walking red flag probably it feels so good to just be like i know that i am never going to engage with that type of person again so i absolutely love that second mistake and i don't know if you've got anything you want to add to that before we hop onto mistake 3
0: well i'll add one more thing to that is we're never perfect we're never fully healed but the important piece is that self awareness that accountability us owning The parts of us that we're working on, we own when we screw up or maybe we overreact or when we're blaming our partner for our feelings, that self-awareness to be able to do those things is what is going to make a healthy relationship. Both people need to be able to do that. And that's, I think, what a lot of us have not learned, especially when we get triggered, especially when we're filled with emotion or fear. How do we manage that? How do we respond? And so in Single to Engaged, I teach you how to become a healthy person, how to regulate your feelings, how to develop new models of emotions, because many of us learned like really suppressed or really kind of out of control and dysfunctional emotional coping models. So that's a big part of it as well. And also, again, it's part of that qualifying other people. How do they deal with conflict and communicate? So you need two relatively healthy people who are open to change and feedback and who are self-aware in order to build a relationship that's going to last over time.
1: And just circling back on the point at the beginning, which was that often when you are not in that self-aware state of mind, you choose partners based on what they look like. I also have to say that what I've learned through going to therapy is just because you're going for a healthy, self-aware partner doesn't mean that they don't have to be sexy. So I kind of felt like before therapy, I had this trade-off that I had to do, which was like, I'm going to be with you because you're hot, but you're going to come with a lot of shit. But if I want to be with someone healthy, like, you're going to probably be a bit less attractive. And I just want to say that that is the biggest load of bullshit that I was ever telling myself. My boyfriend is the sexiest, most handsome man I've ever seen. I look at him and I genuinely say, like, I have never seen a man for me that is more attractive. I love your face. I love everything about you. And on top of that, he is also kind and caring and calm and compassionate and supportive Just because you're going for a healthy, self aware partner doesn't mean that they don't have to be sexy. And at the same time, we as a society have this incredibly toxic belief that life would just be a little bit better, a little bit easier if we were skinnier. Like that is just this inherent belief that we have in today's society, or if our hair was longer, or if our eyelashes were longer, or if we had more of a tan. And I can tell you, having spent five months in Mexico living out of a suitcase, this man did not fall in love with me for any of those things. Like I put on a stone. I was like constantly sweating the whole time because Mexico was like literally so hot, had no face cream. I was like a bit of a mess. And he genuinely like just worshipped me and adored me for who I was, even though I felt a bit gross in myself. Don't get me wrong, you have to find them attractive. But It is about so much more than just finding them attractive.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. And when you shift and you start to focus on the internal in both yourself and somebody else, and you find somebody that you feel safe with because they are an emotionally safe, healthy person, that attraction is just going to skyrocket. And I feel the exact same way about my partner. He is beautiful on the outside, but he makes me feel so safe and that is so incredibly attractive and a lot of us mistake those highs and lows for intimacy for passion but true intimacy and true passion is when you feel really seen by somebody really known by somebody and really safe with somebody and those are not things that we're taught and that's part of this course as well is how do you look for that how do you cultivate that and how do you show up in an authentic way not presenting yourself in a way that that you feel like other people want to see you, but showing up as you without all the facade. Because that's when we really feel loved and accepted.
1: I couldn't agree more. And I think just to wrap up this second mistake, as well as either being the red flag yourself or going for people based on how they look, I talk about all the time on our podcast how the last two relationships of my life have been revolutionary because when I started to go to therapy, I started to find my wounds and I started to explore the darkness that laid behind the wounds. And what I realized is I held so much shame around these things, these experiences, these decisions I've made, these regrets, And I was holding this kind of like defectiveness schema, which was like, no one will ever love me if they know the things that I've done or the person that I used to be. People are like, well, what have you done? Like fucking murdered someone? Of course not. But it's more just that I believe that I was flawed through some bad decisions that I've made in my life or whatnot. And by going for these people where there's no safety, so the hot, the inconsistent, they never get to those wounds. They never get to the stories because you're both just functioning on a surface level. So you never experience true intimacy with them. And then what I realized with my ex-boyfriend and now my current boyfriend is that this, the truth of seeing you for who you are, for what you've lived through, for the experiences that have shaped you, that have made you wise, that you have learned from, That is what makes you beautiful. And being able to share that with another and being loved for all that you've gone through is truly revolutionary. But I would never be able to do that with the people I was dating before because, first of all, they weren't able to go there emotionally. Second of all, they didn't want to talk. They just wanted to fuck. Excuse my language. And third of all, I just got distracted by saying the word fuck. And third of all, they just weren't able to hold space for deep emotions. They'd be like, why do I want to talk about this? Why are you crying? All this stuff. So, Yeah. For me, moving away from focusing on the externals, both for me and for my partner, has been revolutionary in building the foundations of like a truly healthy, sexy, communicative partnership. Yes. So on to mistake number three, what is the third thing you see in clinical practice that people are just getting wrong in today's dating world that is really getting in the way of where they want to go and the true healthy love that they want to find?
0: Yes, it has to do with pacing. Okay. So, what I see, and I used to be guilty of this as well, but this is by far the biggest mistake I see people making. They meet someone they like, there's chemistry, they have an amazing first date or an amazing first and second date. They have sex right away, they jump right in, they think, oh my God, they start fantasizing about a future, they tar- start coming up with stories in their mind about where this relationship is going, they attach really quickly. The truth is moving too quickly in a relationship usually kills that relationship. And you need to be focusing on really getting to know somebody, really understanding who this person is, looking for those qualifiers, showing up authentically and seeing how that person responds to you, having shared experiences over time to see this person in different environments with different people. Having those conversations, building a friendship before you can really know if this person is someone that you can choose to build a relationship with, build a healthy relationship with. Instead, what people do is they meet someone, they're attracted to them, they jump in, they have sex, and then what happens four weeks or three months later? It ends and you start over again with someone else. And it's this endless loop of disappointment and dating and thinking, okay, well, I met someone, we hit it up. There's great chemistry. This is it. But what we need to do is slow down. And this is something that I saw you doing, Louise, is really having those conversations with this person, revealing more of who you are, setting boundaries, talking about boundaries, and and also really enjoying each other, having shared experiences. But you you have to take time to get to know someone to see if they qualify as someone that you want to be in a relationship with. And if there's somebody that can build a relationship with you and, and is someone that wants exactly what you want. We don't even ugh, this is one of the things that drives me crazy is we don't even ask those questions because we're afraid of scaring people away. Well, you're only going to scare the wrong people away. You know, if you ask, what are you looking for? And we've talked about this before in other episodes. You need to ask. If what you want is a long-term partnership, then you need to say that. And you need to ask someone, is that kind of the page you're on when you meet somebody? If somebody is not on that page, move on. You're not going to change their mind. But it's the pacing. And so in Single to Engaged, I really teach you how to slow it down and how to build that slow burn which is so sexy and so fun. And it really builds that foundation of friendship, which all healthy long-term relationships have at the core of any healthy, sustainable long-term relationship is a deep friendship. And that doesn't mean there isn't passion and attraction. Of course there is that needs to be there, but it's that friendship piece. We skip over that. That's what I see people doing. They're jumping into the sex and the making out and the chemistry And then it burns out or one person gets scared and goes away. And so I teach you how to do it differently. And this is the magic bullet in dating that nobody's telling you about.
1: I have so much to say here that I actually just had to write down three points because I was like, if I don't write these down, I'm genuinely going to forget them as we're going through this. But I want to say yes, 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 and more to everything that you just said. So the point on friendship that you made really, really resonates with me. The reason for that is with my ex-boyfriend, we were friends for six to nine months before anything transitioned into an intimate relationship. And absolutely, it was the foundations of that that built the foundations of such a beautiful relationship. But on top of that, I just watched my brother get married this weekend, and he and his wife are absolute goals. I mean, their relationship is so incredible. They've been together for 10 years. They've done five years long distance from London to Qatar. I mean, they really like are incredible. And one of the things that stood out for me in the wedding speech was that they were friends before anything else. And actually, I might be misquoting this here, but I believe that they actually started dating and then they went away for a short while because they basically weren't ready to like do this. And then they came back together and then they were like, okay, we're all in and we're ready to do this now rather than jumping the gun. I'm sure there was like tons of other reasons for that as well. They were probably just young and probably some avoidant tendencies. But my point is, is that they had such a solid foundation of friendship. And I look at them today and I'm like, your love is goals for me. You are best friends above everything else. And of course, like there's like, well, I'm sure there's passion and all of that there because they're just so happy and they're so affectionate. But at the foundations of it, they have friendship. And I'm like, that is really, really beautiful and really important. Now, the second thing that I want to say is you are so right that people just jump in without asking people what they want from a relationship or from life. And what I find is that people use sex as the honey rather than the glue. So they're mm. jumping in thinking like, Oh, basically I can use my body, use the sex, use the connection, use the intimacy to make them fall in love with me. But that is not true. And I heard this quote the other day around the healthy masculine wanting to show up and claim their partner and that no matter how much the feminine was to give and give and give, it would never make them claim more. And that for me is fascinating because it's so true. And I've seen it in practice. We talk about my current man versus the guy that was on the scene at the same time before. And my man literally showed up and he claimed me. It was, he took my number and the next night he took me out for dinner. Whereas the other guy was like, oh, let's do this. Let's do this. I'm going to take you here. I'm going to take you there. He never did anything. He never showed up. And if I was in my old cycles, I would have been using sex and chemistry and intimacy to try and get that other guy to like me. But because I'd gone to therapy and done the work, like I will never do that. And actually, this is something I've never said out loud. I really hope my boyfriend doesn't mind me talking about this. But we waited three months to have sex. And that for me was so revolutionary because I have like a five date rule, right? Because I like to get to know you. And honestly, it actually weans out a lot of shit men that aren't even ready to wait for five dates because that could be five weeks if you're doing one date a week, or it could be like nearly three months if you're doing a date every other week, et cetera, et cetera. But when I met my current boyfriend and also my ex-boyfriend, I was just getting to know these people. And I just wasn't ready to share myself with them until I felt safe knowing like you are not going anywhere. And then when I finally felt safe, we were so deeply, intimately connected that the passion and the chemistry was incredible. So I just want to say, yes, the old me would have put out straight away because I wanted you to pick me, choose me, love me, fancy me, be into me. And actually, since going to therapy, working with you, working with another therapist, I don't do that anymore. And it has revolutionized the type of man I've attracted because this man said he would have waited even longer. He says, I have a lifetime to explore your body and to be intimate with you. Like, why do we need to do it right now? And don't get me wrong. He is beautifully passionate and amazing. It's not like it's some frigid relationship. I mean, the chemistry is incredible. So yeah, absolutely love that around mistake three and how people are just focusing on the wrong things like jumping into it too quickly rather than actually nurturing any foundation
0: absolutely every single time we think this is the person and then we sleep with them right away we project into the future right away and we're totally off base here and then that relationship ends they meet someone else and then they do it all over again So there is a different way to do it so that you can cultivate real intimacy and real friendship with someone and make sure that there's somebody that actually is someone you want to invest in and will be an emotionally safe partner and can show up for you. And that is a whole new concept for so many people. Again, like I wish I had known that in my 20s and 30s, but You know, I had to learn the hard way (laughs) so I could come and teach all of you and I'm okay with that
1: just part of the journey, isn't it? Like we have to go through these things ourselves and then we can like help and heal others. And that's one of the reasons that I love doing this podcast with you so much. Like we're not sat here from a pious place saying like, oh, look what we did. Look what we did. It's like, God, we have gone through so much shit, so many anxious attachment breakdowns and anxiety attacks and just so much stress. But we've learned that there's like a different way to live. And like you said, it's not saying that we have it perfectly now. Like, God, no, like I'm now navigating a long distance relationship. Like that shit's hard. I, I don't wake up every day and be like, Oh, this is so easy. Like I've got it all down. But I just think that by going into the foundations, which I guess is some of the key work that you do in single to engaged, it's actually been just revolutionary at kind of overhauling everything. So I know that there are so many more mistakes that people make, and this is exactly the foundations of the course and how you take people through this journey with you. Do you want to tell me how the course is structured, what kind of price points people are looking at, and how they can sign up if they want to?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's a three-month course, so it's 12 weeks, and this is actually the last round that i'm going to do where i'm doing live coaching every week with the participants so every week for 3 months you get a group coaching call with me and you have this whole community of other people who are doing the same work as you and past rounds of single to engage those people are still friends they still talk they some travel to see each other so that component is really i think special every week You will watch a module, a video, you'll do exercises that are really going to help you understand yourself and practice these new ways of being and showing up. We go over things like the 12 qualifiers, looking at yourself and how your childhood impacts you. If you join the course, you'll fill out a worksheet and I will tell you what your unconscious attraction is. So what kind of people you are wired to be attracted to and why. And how you may be blocking and sabotaging love. So, that piece alone is really important. So, you'll enter the course with that knowledge. We go over how to date on the apps if you're going to do that. I seriously do not want anybody app dating if they haven't gone through this module because there's a very conscious and specific way to do it so that you can avoid all the pitfalls of app dating. And at the very beginning of the course, we go over two key tools that people don't even know about. That if you are looking for love, these are the two tools that you really need. So I will hand you those at the very beginning of the course. There are two options. So you can just do the course without the live coaching calls, which is self-paced. And that option is $7.99. Or you can do the three months with the live coaching calls weekly. You get a private Facebook group. You get a WhatsApp group with the other members in the group. You get the live coaching calls with me. And I've actually cut the price in half this round because I wanted it to be accessible to more people since this is the last time I'm going to be doing it live. So it's $12.50 for the three months, which, I mean, really what you're getting is about three years of therapy in three months. You're going to learn everything you'd probably learn in three years of therapy with me. And if you're interested, you can go to my website, Dr. Terry Mack, go to courses, And the Single to Engaged course is where you sign up. There's also a payment plan. It's $12.50 if you pay in full. Or you can do three payments of $4.99, three monthly payments of $4.99. So yeah, I mean, we start, officially we start August 15th, but people will join the first two to four weeks. So anybody who is ready to stop the disappointing cycle of dating And really wants to learn how to do it differently and do it quickly. That's what this course is for.
1: Amazing. Yeah. So we will link all of that in the show notes for everybody. So you can just literally click right on through. And if you let Dr. Terry know that you come through from open house, then she can keep a track on where everyone's coming from. And we've agreed that she will keep a number of slots. For open house people, in case the course gets booked out, because I know that people are going to be flocking to it, and I really think it's like a fast track way to basically getting to the root cause. And I was actually talking to another therapist last week, and he was saying how revolutionary his group therapy sessions are, and that he actually has people that take more value from group therapy than from one-on-one therapy. So for anyone that's like hesitant about the group therapy, I think jump in. I think it's really going to be transformative for you. And I know that we have so much more that we are going to be jumping into on the open house podcast together over the coming weeks so thank you for sharing your knowledge thank you to everyone for listening I truly believe that if you have just given forty five minutes of your time to listening to this podcast that you are already on track to becoming a more self aware healthy happy human being that is going to attract beautifully self-aware, happy human beings to them. So thank you, Dr. Terry. I love you. I'm excited for what's coming for you. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Louise. Can't wait
0: to do more episodes.
1: Bye. Bye.